Welcome to the Red Pill Training Podcast, brought to you by James Jousey Training, Freedom Physiotherapy, and the Mansfield Sports Institute. Gemma, James, and Phil, delivering topical podcasts on fitness, nutrition, health, lifestyle, training, and sports. podcast is going to be talking about pain. I'm joined by uh, Jousey. Hello. Gemma. Hello. And we're back with the Red Pill podcast, formerly A Shot in the Dark. We are discussing pain in exercise. Um, Previous podcasts have been about pain, the psychological elements of pain. And now we're talking about how you guys deal with pain with your patients or customers and what your reactions to pain are as and when they report pain. So the pains you take seriously and not necessarily pains we call injuries, but pains that are just pains. And when is a pain an injury and when is a pain a carry-on training and what you guys' thoughts are. So first question for you, Jousey, is um, you're teaching a class and you've got four or five guys in there. One of them's new. and you're just warming up and you're warming up with some basic lunges and some squatting just to get things going. And the guy says to you, I can feel pain in my knee when I'm doing this. And they're new, so they're sort of not sure. It's a new feeling for them. It's a new feeling of pain. How do you respond to that? What would be your first instinct and what would you do? Well, we'd probably have cleared, do they have any pre-existing injuries first anyway? So if it's not, not got any pre-existing injuries and it's a muter exercise, then I'd probably be more relaxed about it because it's just, well, you're not, you've never done this before, like where people are uh, detraining the body or are they sensitive to pain that they don't necessarily, that perception of pain is probably misconstrued a little so bit. So you're completely cool and calm. So yeah. I mean, there's a, cause I'd imagine there's a lot of coaches out there that they hear the word pain with a new beginner. You know, someone who's just come in for the first time yeah. and want to try to give them a good experience and one of the first things they say within 10 minutes essentially is this hurts my knee. I can imagine for a lot of coaches listening there's a sort of panic there, there's sort of yeah. a sort of internal panic. So what, I mean obviously we have a due diligence yeah. to, to, to be safe and let's say there's no pre-existing injuries. What, what goes through your head? What are you thinking? They just need to, initially, like I say, it's just they've come from a detrained state. So actually just allowing them to get a bit warmer because the body's still cold and the body's still cold. It's going to respond to the nervous system is not quite prepared for what's what's been given to it. So just giving the body a chance to settle into the, the groove of the training session and see if the pain just eases down with within time of the session, basically. So how do you feel about that, Gemma, from a sort of, Physiotherapy standpoint, would, would you would you agree with that? That it's probably just they just need to get warm and get going. What, would you would you come at it with it from a different angle, or would you pretty much have the same? Thing? Yeah, I think I would agree in terms of you've obviously cleared that there's no other underlying conditions. You haven't got any other injuries. Um, I would probably ask what type of pain it was. So if there was a sharp pain that happened on every sort of lunge that they were doing, I might see if changing the way they were doing it made a difference if they went a bit wider does it make a difference um or yeah if they just changed it a bit or if they kept going does it does it alter it um or does it get any easier and if it didn't change then I might think about changing the exercise slightly for them but if it got easier as they went on then totally agree with Jarrah's that I would 
sort of is, I mean, is that your is that your guys sort of experience typically that just just seeing what will happen almost sort of a bit of pacificity there saying you know, do a couple more or let's just see how it is in two or three minutes and let them carry on is it your experience that it actually for most people that that pain then just eases up or or, or, or what are you guys experiencing um for me i think yeah it comes from the two factors of experience um yeah just to, like jen said modify it just time to reduce the range and then try and increase the range is it like go up to the point of pain and then as they get warmer, then try and see if they can push further. But then just that, that second point of like by us having a if we give them a negative reaction, then they automatically start to worry. Mm-hmm. So then the problem could potentially come worse because we don't know how they are. We don't know them as a person yet and how they respond to respond to um, yeah, if we go, oh yeah, don't do that. That's really bad. Yeah. Like they then panic, yeah. um, and then we affect their affect that that movement for them potentially yeah. for a long time, or then generate a negative association. With that. Negative, yeah. Like we had with 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 my not so much now she's a bit older, but my daughter was little. You know, we had that deal that when she fell over, we were on purpose to not take it seriously. You know, just smile and say you're fine, jump up. Yeah, you know, and then but as soon as they see dad running over, going no, then they start to cry. And so it's yeah. a little bit okay. But let's say you change the exercise, um, and you you've um, you're doing some squats, and they report this hurts my knee. Is that normal? Uh, and you've calmly replied as as Jousey, uh, implied there. That's fine. That's very normal. Let, just take your foot a little bit wider, uh, and the pain goes away. Do you bring it up again with them? Do you go and ask them later? Did you feel it again, or do you just let them go? Or alternatively, let's say you take the pain wide, the foot wide, and then the pain gets worse. What do you do in those two situations? So the pain improves if they change their foot position, then I just leave it, let okay. them carry on as they are, because it, I don't want to necessarily highlight something for them. If, as you said, there is then not an issue, it's just it might just be their the way they're built their biomechanics just they're a little bit tight in that one position we've slightly altered something so they are now in a better position and and then they're moving better so i'd be more than happy for them to just continue at that point again if it made them worse i would probably i would probably just either change the exercise for them not necessarily change the squat which is work on them a little bit um in terms of if an issue continued through the class or continued through the exercise it might be something with them or something for them that we need to work on but ultimately if it's as Charlie said if it's just they're a bit deconditioned they're new to the class they haven't done squats before I, I wouldn't be overly concerned about it straight so, away um, and it'd be the type of pain that I'd be worried about if they said mm. it's a bit of an ache um, it happens occasionally again I'd be it wouldn't be sort of red flags I wouldn't be worried about if they were getting different types of pain about you more concerned so let's 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 just to help the coaches out there and the guys who are who are you know teaching on the, on the, yeah. on the ground floor let's have three things um from you both then that if you if this comes if this is what you if this if someone says this to you mm-hmm. it's what we call a red flag um so what 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 could i say to you in my first class that would scare you as the coach enough to say i think you should stop for today that's a good question um, I think consistent pain, sharp pain would be the two things that I would be more concerned about. Um, and pain that can, sort of didn't change with whatever I did, that I yeah. couldn't sort of alter. Um, those would be the things that I would be more concerned about. 
Anything you'd add to that? No, uh, yeah, that's pretty much bang out of here. Everything potentially just did. Um, did you hear, feel any kind of like pop, crack, or better uh, snap before it yeah. happened? Um, is there a loss of limb? Yeah, as the joint just gone. Yeah, like I said, when we when we truly injure something, we lose function of that of that joint. So if that's not happened, yeah, that would be the that would be the only time I'd be a little bit worried. Was yeah, you see them the shoulder buckle when the weight goes overhead. Yeah, and in, the go, ah, in the beginning case here, yeah, it's probably not going to happen yeah. anyway. So yeah, so uh, th- that would be it. It'd have to be like a more of an incidental an, an injury as such. An injury, then that yeah. would be, wouldn't it? Yeah. There's a caveat to like the big sort of cracks and clicking and things. If you want to be associated with pain. Most yeah. people can, a lot of people can like click yeah. and crack joints yeah. without any pain, can't they? But it's when you that would be yeah. like an injury. You've done something to the joint, but I wouldn't necessarily be worried about that if. Yeah, it's just a normal. Well, there's general practices, general practices, yeah. isn't there, from a lack yeah. of synovial fluid and there's, there's you or know, popping in joints, yeah. yeah, exactly, which is, yeah. which is, so don't worry about, no, yeah. which, is, yeah. which is not too much to worry about because nothing ever comes out of place or can be put back into place anyway. So it's yeah. sort of a, just a general popping, isn't it? Yeah. Good. Okay, let's move on. Uh, let's move forward. Let's take this to a little bit more advanced now. Uh, both of you working with sort of top-end athletes, coaching and treating top-end athletes. And these guys, they, they're they quite good at pushing through these beginner pains. And they're used to, every time, you know, I know myself, I jump in the gym, I have my right patellar femoral pain. I need 10 minutes. It's going to hurt the first kilometre of a run. It's going to hurt the first 10 squats. And then it eases and goes away. I've got some stretches I do. It goes away. Most top athletes have that. But... So to the point then, when, when do we start? When do we start taking that seriously? How many sessions? How many? Uh, how much? What would you do with me, for example? Is it okay that every time the first ten minutes of my training I feel my right knee, or do we need to interfere with that as coaches and try to do something? Where's the pain threshold there, or where's your level of that's treatment, or where, where would you classify that as an injury instead of just start up old man's pains? Um, yeah. Um, I think I get like unless we have those incidents for me where yeah you've dropped the bar you've lost that control like I said before or you've fallen into the bottom of the, bottom of the squat your knees caved in and you've felt a sensation like that with something audible or something a significant like muscular or ligamentous kind of feeling, then I don't class it as an injury. I know it is, like overuse injuries are overuse injuries, but that is, it's just because there's too much, that area has been overworked. So understanding that, okay, well, they are overusing that area. So then it's it's one of those where now we need to look at, well, why is that area getting overused? But that would have to that would have to be a repetitive pattern for me. So it's like, oh, every time I squat, I get knee pain, or every time. And it, but then looking specifically at the squat, but it has to be a repetitive thing that only occurs in the same environment. Yeah. Um. Or sorry. Or like if the knee pain, no matter what they do, doesn't go away, then that's injury. That's like, well, that needs to be dealt with right now. Yeah. Because your knee hurts no matter what you do. Yeah. But that oh, it only hurts when I squat. It's like, well, today, that, if that's the first time you've reported it to me, it's just today. Whereas 
let's see what happens in the next three days weight squat and then the next three days after that weight squat is it becoming a recurring thing or is it just that pain for the day I think that's quite quite a relevant point Jim if I just draw on some of your knowledge here um, so what type of pain can you just run us through the type of pains people that are like because I think perhaps I just what should have gone there first uh, what we should really discuss is what the types of pains are before we can go in and look at what we're going to take seriously because I completely agree with you but there are, there are some sort of warning signs, aren't there? Like you, you alluded to before with sharp pains. Yeah, um, so more of your sort of acute pain. So where I, I think about pains like it's more with what you hear or what your athlete will describe. So you hear them say things like, oh, I get an ache after I've squatted or I get uh, an ache after I've been running for 10 minutes or so. Or you get, I guess, sharp pain in the side of my knee when I've been when I squat straight away, and those are the signs that I'd be more con- more sort of concerned with because you think about more acute pains or sharper pains associated with tissue damage, and that's what I'd be more concerned with. Um, whereas the sort of more aching pain, and it, I'd be less concerned of, and partly to do with the fact that it's to do with the different nerve fibers that are being. That's the word I'm looking for. No fibers that being stimulated essentially. Um, so yeah, the acute pains are more the pains that I'd be concerned with, and you can feel the difference between the two. It's that sharper pain; you feel it much quicker, rather than the dull sort of aching pain that you get. What's What's more common with well, now? We're not now. We're sort of we're trying to define a line between what injury is and what training pain is because there is a difference. Um, what would, would, is that what we're going to? Is that what we're defining then? Is that the aches and pains and the sort of startup is these sort of training pains and the most sharp, or as you you said, Jazz, missing a missing a bar or falling over or hearing a snap? Is this what we're classifying as injuries? Would you? Would, is that fair to say? Or any other? Opinions and there's on usually that? an event with an yeah. injury, yeah. and there's usually something that you've done, um, like you've, like you said, dropped a bar or you've twisted or you've. Uh, buckled underneath something that would be classed as an injury um, yeah memorable event yeah something yeah. has happened oh, when, when did they start oh I did yeah on exactly. this day I was lifting this bar and this is what so in terms of overuse then because of course yeah. that's that's probably where the where the blurred lines come yeah. from we're quite good at we've sort of put one side of the table we've put an event and the other side of the table we've put aches and pains and general thing which we warm-up usually cures itself or that and aches and pains tend to come after heavy exercise and you've done 20 30 minutes of really intense exercise and then the back really locks up and that usually is just a stretch and a consequence of the training so there's that sort of middle ground now which is the overuse side of things yeah. and that's that's quite a gray area because overuse injuries can tend to feel like uh, aches and pains and they don't necessarily yeah. always feel like don't necessarily always swell up uh, a classic example is a runner's knee you know, we won't feel a runner's knee until we run for eight kilometres. You know, you think... But that has that sharp element as well. It does. It have can that have that sharp element as well, can't it? So, so the blurred line there is, is how do we know that that aches and pain, that start-up pain, if we're not by telling them to continue pushing towards an overuse injury versus how do we know that actually this is now, we refer this on for an So the, the coaches at home who are going to be in their classes, the same guys reporting the same type of knee pain every session, but he can finish the session. How, how, where, what would your advice be to the coaches to say, okay, now you need to refer to guys like yourselves, or now you need to just to tell them to carry on training? 
Where would you go with that? It's like what Josie said earlier. It's the consistency. If it's the same story over and over again, it's not just once in a while or once or two or three times. If it's the consistently the same story with everything they're doing or the same sort of pattern in the same place, the same the same sort of story that hasn't really changed or hasn't really improved. We're looking for some sort of improvement. If you're not getting the improvement, then you're potentially looking at some sort of tissue. I don't want to say damage, but some sort of tissue involvement, in which case I would be looking to refer on. Do you agree with that? Yeah. I think by, if, if they're the coaches at their box, they can look at their programming and that then they can see, well, well, this guy's had a shoulder, he's getting shoulder pains, and my block of training has been focusing heavily on this. Then they can see that they've started potentially been contributing towards that with what's what's kind of been leading in with the loading. Um, has that guy, has the person that's coming with a pain, we said, talked about beginners, is it a beginner that's come in, he's like not exercised for years, and he's now starting to do like, oh yeah, I'm going in this full hog, and they're in the gym five times a week. For an hour a day and they've not trained for 10 years of their life they're gonna get pains they're going from nothing to yeah. like smashing an exercise routine out of the water which is like like we know with it's easy to talk about the endurance world with like training for a marathon and going well i need to start i don't start with 15 miles i start with like 1.6 miles in the early block of training because we need to build up the tolerance to the load. Anybody that's is looking, been able to analyze, know your members well. Where's that? Know a bit about that member's story. Where's he come from? Is he new? Like, or is it one of you guys who's been a regular and he's just ramped up his training? Like they've got they're going intense, pushing hard um, before, and then they start to get those pains. Like, where's that person been over the last six or eight weeks? Uh, I mean, do you find that that a lot of the, the pain reduction stuff can be done through through program program analysis and, and yeah. program adjustment rather than actual treatment? Yeah. 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 Short yeah. answer yeah. to that is yeah. Because yeah. classically, the ones that get I don't I don't like necessarily the term overuse injuries, but that ultimately describes it well. Are the ones that will have gone from either nothing to really building up and really ramping up their training or ramped up their training and then gone to do nothing. Generally, if we think about tendons and reactive tendons or irritation to, to soft tissues, it's when they've gone from nothing to something or from something yeah. to nothing. That's essentially what happens, isn't it? So it's looking at their story and looking at what they've done. And if you can alter that as a coach, then I think that makes a big difference. Or can try and control it a little bit with your training, with your programming and looking at your looking at your program I think that's a classic one there where Jim's talking about tendon injuries is the Achilles and double unders like in CrossFit because people it's such a skill and like people see it as a big skill that they want to that they want to crack and then they start going in and then the program means that they're doing like double under development and they're like oh well I'll just warm up with double unders every day and they kind of it's not (laughs) respected as such about how much impact that is going through the Achilles and that that jumping motion is stressful and that little bit, that five minutes, especially when you're cold as well, it's like, oh yeah, I warm up with double unders. It's like, well, maybe the double unders should come in 10 minutes time. Like once you've done this, this and this first, like you've done some gentle jogging into like some star jumps or whatever before you even think about doing the double under. Um, Whereas people, yeah, starting a 
like it's a plyometric exercise. It's not the most intense plyometric exercise that we can think of, but it's low level and low level repeated every day for someone who's come from a deconditioned state who is struggling to jump, which is why the double under so hard is like, yeah, that's part of the process. And that's the coach who's seeing all these people are keen to improve their skill, but doing that skill every day isn't uh, at, at an intensity. Is it is potentially going to send them down a? So if we're looking at a referral procedure here, we're looking at first time the first time they reported the pain, first time things are coming on within that new member or even a, an elite athlete, without meaning to be horrible, ignore it slightly. If it's not like, an injury, if it's not an yeah, 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 change it up slightly, do something different, yeah. reduce the volume, reduce the range, like give them some advice about next time, try this, yeah. Okay, and so yeah. from there, let's yeah. say that's repeated three, four times. If the, every time they come in, they're repeating that. Then go in to look at sort of, as, as you're saying, programming. Yeah. Look at how much of that activity they're doing, how how often they're doing it, at what intensity they're doing, that sort of thing. Or technically the coach, like, because that's obviously if it's a group environment, yeah. they're not necessarily, yeah, it's hard to make all the right decisions for that big group of people. Potentially say, well, look, can I see what, see more better closely what you're doing, yeah. make some technical corrections, potentially. And the type of person, like you said before, you don't know if they have trained before at all, you don't know if they, like the age of the person, you don't know if they've, they've got the mobility to do that movement, for example, so if you can alter certain yeah. things, I think that make a difference. Red Pill Training are pleased to announce three extra dates of the Your Body, Your Athlete seminar where James Jowsey and Phil Mansford will guide you through the unique assessment biomechanical assessment procedure designed by themselves used with their elite athletes. The 14th and 15th of April will be in the CrossFit Cardiff. 23rd and 24th of June will be Whatever It Takes Fitness London. The 27th and 28th of October will be CrossFit Nuremberg, Germany. For more information, see redpilltraining.com and we look forward to seeing you there. an adaption of the exercise slightly, looking at technique, giving them some flexibility, some stretching work, um, looking at the program development. And then at that point there, if we sort of, are, are, they, are they the jobs as coaches? That's, is that where they're, is that where their sort of uh, level of expertise, could you say, would be, should we stop there? And then should we, should we then look to refer to a, a sort of, for one of a better way of saying, a better qualified practitioner um, and send them forwards? Or where do they go from there? Uh, it should really be a referral. Yeah. Um, the way the industry is with certain, like it has a little bit of fashion at the moment on terms of the way they believe things should be treated. So people will go on Dr. Google and find out a way and self-diagnose and potentially worry, worry themselves about something that they think they've got that they haven't. So yeah. seeing somebody who knows what those medical, uh, seeing a physiotherapist, seeing a chiropractor, which choose your practitioner, um, but people yeah. people with a knowledge base of what it might actually be, yeah. um, rather than trying to self self treat something. Um, I always say you want to try and fix your own car yeah. if you if you've got no knowledge of how an engine works. So your bodies, we've only got one. And so so Gemma, you're a physiotherapist. Um, they come to you, 
Yes. And I've referred to you. At that point when I refer to you, is that when it's classified as an injury? Not necessarily. Why? For all the reasons that we've just talked about. In okay. terms of... I classify an injury as an event. So if there yes. has been an event to cause tissue damage. So somebody could still have pain without having an injury. Mm. They could have an overuse injury. So they could have yeah, load on the tissue which has caused change or adaptations to the tissue which is causing pain because they have uh, different chemicals within the body that's causing some sort of pain. Um, they could have an injury, of course, but not necessarily. Okay. Okay, so so are you on purpose trying to avoid? Is this a psychological ploy? No, uh, no, no, not necessarily. Not? No, uh, but you don't have to have tissue damage to have pain. So um, one way I describe. So yeah, let's think about it. one way you describe. I try and describe it to people. If I so my finger, for example, if I bent my finger back, there's nothing wrong with my finger. But if I bent my finger back in a certain position for say half an hour. Eventually, my finger's going to hurt. There's nothing wrong with my finger, but there's wrong stresses on my finger. Mm -hmm. So if you put the incorrect stresses on different parts of your body, you're going to get some sort of pain just because of the load on it. So if we put different loads on our body, you're going to get some sort of pain just because of the stress on it. So if we can correct those by different movements, different movement patterns, then you should get a resolution to your pain. And that's, it doesn't mean to say you've got injury. And that's ultimately program correction. Yeah, like My program correction view is, is don't hold your finger there for 30 yeah, minutes like, and, and, and then your finger's going to feel better and there's yeah. no necessarily treatment yeah. uh, required where your job would be then to go in and engage the level of inflammation as a result yeah. of that finger. And if there's no inflammation, it's just because the finger's been in a bad in position. Yeah. But if there was inflammation, then that, is that an injury? Is that when you then they need to be treated? Yes, yeah. So, but you. So, my job, I guess, is to. Uh, I, I'm trying to make sure, trying to test the structure of the joint to make sure, and also give them the all clear and the the sort of pat on the back to say, yeah, yeah, nothing structurally is wrong. You don't have any instability in the joint. If you think about the knee, for example, but you need to work on A, B, and C, or you need to do this. You need to change your program in this way, and then you can continue with what you're doing. Or you need to modify something. Some people aren't built to do certain things. So, okay, so that leads me really nicely into so the next point of this: is someone that's been through this process, they've been seen by one of you two guys, they've been through uh, a rehabilitation process, uh, whether it's an injury or not an injury. How and what are your protocols for a return to sport? So let's, I mean, and when I say return to sport here, I'm not talking about the elite athlete. I'm talking about you can be your regular recreational runner, recreational crossfitter, gym goer, whatever it could be. How, how and when, what is your thought process of putting people back into their sports? When do you say, you know what, you can go back into the gym and you can train for free again, like what sort of have free reign to train again? For me, it's actually volume of activity. So we need to build up the volume of activity in COVID first. So you come to me with a painful knee and squatting. Like, I don't want to know that you can do 85% of max pain-free first. I want to know that you can do like 100 squats at 50% of max pain-free first, for example. Um, because I need to know that over a period of time, 
that that fatigue that it's an overuse injury so I need to know that that overuse and repetition doesn't then bring it back because we know that they might be able to cope for for 15 reps in a session but it's then when they have to do 150 in a wad that everything blows up again and that that's that can be the hard thing within CrossFit because of the variability of the rep range so it's kind of like prepare them for the worst which is a lot of reps because it is an overuse injury and then when they can cope with some repetition there then they can start to increase the percentage and then uh, yeah and the lower then mine would be um yeah similar in, in that sense but also so if i think about somebody like i see a lot of runners and achilles problems so i would be looking to get them back to doing load but also dynamic stuff so making sure they can do lots of things like jumping box jumping sprints even though they might not be doing sprints necessarily but making sure they can do multi-direction stuff again making it look as much like what they are gonna go off and do um as i possibly can and like you said preparing them for the worst that they could possibly do so if i've got trail runners i'm gonna get them changing directions as much as possible so that they you know, preparing them for as much as yeah. they, they can be really so um, but I don't know that I've always got a protocol for people because everybody yeah. is ultimately really different yeah. and you there are protocols that you can follow I mean I work in the NHS so there are protocols that we that we have but they they're limited by they're limited by the individual aren't they yeah. They're, they're not built for the Olympic weightlifters that I work with. They're built for yeah. getting people back to life. Yeah, exactly. Basically. They're built yeah. for the office workers that need to walk up and down to the stairs. They're not built for somebody that wants to snatch 150 yeah. kilos over their head. So you've got to then work just with the athlete and do it sort of independently. Yeah, I think you've yeah, touched on it there really well, like almost training them beyond it. So yeah, your, your long distance runner, can his injury cope with a higher intensity of yeah. running? I mean, it is, there is different variables to it depending on what a person needs, um, for sure. Um, yeah, it's, that's, that's the game part of it. Knowing well, what does the sport require the return to be? Can I train above it? Then we know that we're bulletproof for it. Um, yeah, but with movement overuse injuries, a lot of time, if, if time is an element of their training, seeing that it can cut well it needs to cut with volume and intensity but just don't so we're going volume before intensity ultimately depends um, on the sport depends on the sport because uh, the long distance runner they they live in volume so probably go well can they cope with intensity yeah because we know the volume we know the volume broken whereas the crossfitter works in intensity so well can he cope with volume to then build build back to intensity um is uh, my thought process. Have you guys ever got a scenario where you stop people? Of course, ex- exclude the obvious broken bones, yeah. uh, snap ligaments, but we're talking about that general aches and pains of everyday <coughs> training. You guys ever got a situation where you stop? Is it your would you, would you recommend they stop their activity, or should they reduce the level of activity? Or what's your what's your advice there to to people who perhaps experiencing some pain? Um, if Depends on the athlete. So, like with, let's say, with my kind of more competitive athletes, um, they might report injury. So, I don't always get to be there with them. They might report feelings of, yeah, a tight back from a certain section during the session. I can't be there if they've never mentioned anything before, 
and I ha- I'm in the room with them and then they complain about something, again, I won't necessarily worry about it because are they just saying it because I'm there and because they know my background and, um, and the fact that I can deal with those issues. So now they're communicating it because I just happen to be there. So if it's them, then yeah, again, almost ignore it. Um, I think the big thing, if there's beginners or people in your gym, if you can see that their movement is changing around the problem and it is physically affecting how they're then executing that exercise, then you need to change it just anyway. Just just any, just change it anyway, regardless of where it's still not necessarily an injury, but if it's now just causing them, you saw what the exercise looked like in round one, two and three, and now round four and five, it's, Looks, a com- hobbled, yeah. looks hobbled, a completely different movement, then you need to make an adjustment for yeah, them somehow. That's a good point. That's where you pull them out. Yeah. That's where you pull them, change the, yeah, change the that. Yeah, I think I agree with that. Yeah, that makes sense. I think um, one last point is uh, for the guys who, who do you refer to? Um, I think that's a, a, a question I'm asked very often is, well, who do I refer to? Where do I, where do I send these, where do I send these people as, as normal trainers, coaches? on the floor, they've been through what we've been through, we've discussed today, and they've made that decision, I think I'm going to send this to someone, I'm going to send them off to someone. Is there any advice to who you who you refer to, um, and what type of people, we can't, we can't send them all to you, they're not all living in Manchester or or, or Gloucester, so, so where would you send them to, and, and what would you do, how would you develop relationships with, with practitioners? That's a good question. What relationship? Uh, I think... If you don't know anyone in the area and you're concerned about somebody having a problem, it might be worth, if you don't have relationships around, then it might be worth sending to a GP, you might be able to. Yeah, in fairness, that's what I do. Yeah, yeah. to get, for one, to get, because they might be able to do a workup if that was needed, like a diagnostic workup, if that was needed, it's unlikely that it would be needed, but if it was, and then they might be able to make a recommendation. I think that would be the safest bet to do. That's what I do, like because, it, and it's obviously very rare that I need to offload. But if I do think I need to offload, it's for a medical reason. Yeah. So therefore, I'm like, well, you need to go to the GP because this needs to be escalated, go down a certain path and investigate it further. Yeah. Which obviously, with our system as good as it is for a free system, takes time. So best to get yourself on the timeline as soon as possible really um, yeah cool. last question of the day uh, slightly controversial question so I've saved it to a last Brilliant. do you think or is it your opinion that we're getting that balance right or coaches uh, personal trainers and coaches are getting the balance of referral right as a whole are they are is there in the due diligence of referral are they are they getting that right I can only speak from experience mm. in, in the area that I work at, and I would say, yeah, I think the referrals that I get personally are really good. And I've, I don't, I'm not just saying that, but I think the relationship that we've got with some of the, the sort of boxes and things has become really good. And I think it's got better because people are becoming more aware of what we do. Yes. Um, and they have become more aware of, of what we do. And yeah, I know, I think... I'm pretty confident with the, the, the yeah. Yeah, well. okay. I think so. I mean, I don't hear many stories of 
personal trainers snapping people and breaking people. Maybe that's mm-hmm. because they're well hidden. But I mean, we're pretty upbeat in the industry. We're pretty on the forefront. And I'm not hearing lots of stories of people being being broken. Yeah, I think personal trainers are really forward at the moment. I think yes. they're really um, ahead of what a lot of other professionals are. I really, yeah, I'm really sort of impressed yeah. with what they're doing. At the I think yeah, they are very like they are very respectful and on on point with. Of people's bodies and, and on point with referrals. Where the boundaries are. Where, where the yeah. boundaries are. I mean, at the end of the day, like, we're talking about, I know, in our heads at the moment, like, we're talking about people in a gym, like, been coaching exercise classes. At the end of the day, there's guys on a football pitch, rugby pitch, every weekend that are getting hit by people, kicked by people, twisting, turning, and they hurt themselves. Yeah. And that's not deemed to be. That's acceptable yes. because it's a sport, whereas yes. in the gym it's not acceptable, yeah. almost. Um, so so it, it is a point that physical activity will cause aches, pains, injuries, whatever we want to cause it. You're doing something with your body, but likewise, so will not. So does sit on a couch. Yeah, exactly. So so those yeah. people, it is just an, it is just a part of of exercise, and the guys are, yeah, the guys are referring. Correctly, I think, I think to say that injury will never occur is, oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah, it's stupid. So they're doing what they're doing. I just say the coaches that if you're seeing that ten people in your gym this month have shoulder problems, there's probably something that you're doing. You need to look inwards. You need to look inwards. Yeah, if the same things happening, I think across, that's a really good point. Across a, touched on this across a big yeah. Yeah. group of people, rather than. Like yeah, different people complaining about different areas of the body because that's their, yeah. that's their individual stuff. I think that's a really good point. It's a really nice place to finish. Is that the responsibility is a lot of the time in our own programming and what we're doing. So looking at uh, if if you are seeing a, a, a pattern in in injuries within your fitness centre or even within your rugby club, you know, your football club, if they've got lots of people with the same with the same issues, then you should be looking at your coaching. I know recently I've worked with a swim club. Who uh, have all had left shoulder issues from from a particular thing, and we looked at the program, and there was some some left arm swimming, <laughs> which was the culprit there. So just looking at the program is a really good point. Um, good. The objective of this podcast really was to give uh, our listeners and trainers out there an idea of when they can push athletes forward, when they should stop, when they should what signs and symptoms they should listen to, and when they should send on and refer. And and the consensus here was that the guys are doing a great job out there. Uh, so thanks for listening guys, thanks for your time, thanks Jess, thanks Jill. Thanks Phil. Thanks.